Hello and welcome to the Bougie in a Backpack podcast. I'm Mackenzie from Travel Mackenzie and it's just me here today with a special guest who is going to be another speaker at our Bougie in a Backpack virtual travel summit. So if you guys haven't gotten your tickets yet, we will have the link in the show notes to get your tickets for the Bougie in a Backpack virtual travel summit. So today we are talking with Carrie Vaco about how to make family travel simple with kids under five. Carrie and her family maximize travel and points to adventure to new places with their young kids on a single income. And she's gonna be presenting on how to make family travel simple with kids under five. So welcome to the podcast, Carrie. Thank you, Mackenzie. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I'm curious, how did you get into travel and points and miles in the first place? What really inspired you to start diving into that? Absolutely. So to go back a little bit, my mom travels for work. So she does trade shows all across the country and my dad was entrepreneur. So anytime my mom went and traveled to all different places in the United States, she would take us with on like certain vacations and my dad would take off of work because um, their company was going to comp the hotel. And that meant me and my sister and my dad could all fit in the same hotel room with my mom and they were comping <laughs> her plane ticket. So it was only three plane tickets. So at, back then it seemed like a companion pass. And <laughs> we would go along with her to all these different vacations. And my parents didn't mind pulling us out of school because they knew that us, what we were learning as we were traveling and exploring all these different cities and just kind of going with the flow of things was going to be more beneficial for us in the long run. And now that my husband and I are married and we have young kids, that is the exact same thing that we're really wanting to pass on to them. So really wanting to be smart about how we can live on a single income, which we do, but then also be able to pour into different types of experiences with our kids. And we found points and miles to really maximize that. Um, back again, my mom was really big on credit cards. She would use points and miles way back in the day in order for, especially with work, to help fat, like make herself have more points and just get reimbursed by her company. And then in turn allowed our family to go on different family vacations also. So kind of taking a little bit from her and then doing it ourselves using credit cards efficiently using credit cards in a way that makes us money is something that we've really dived into a, very deeply in the last two years. Uh, but it's always been a part of our life. We just never really knew to the extent of how much we were really maximizing all those different travel, all the different traveling that we were able to do growing up. Yeah, that's amazing that growing up that that's the experience you had with travel. I feel like people are kind of leaning towards that more now, but you kind of got a head start of that uh, growing yes, up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is something like as my sister and I reflect, we're in our 20s now of what does our life, what were the big th moments that we remember growing up? It was all the different vacations that we took and all the different memories that we had and all the different places that we were able to experience rather than like the the different things that we were able to get from birthdays or Christmases. It was all mm -hmm. the different experiences that we were able to take. So being able to pour that into our kids now and instill that at such a young age is something that I hope and that my husband, I hope, really leaves a legacy of wanting to travel and then wanting to experience new things for generations to come. So would you say when you when you were growing up and your mom, you said, was into points and miles, was she kind of in this community, was she kind of like an expert or was she kind of just dabbling in it? Or like, did you learn kind of the beginning steps from her, but then kind of took off in your own direction? 
Absolutely. So I learned some things from her and then took off in a totally different direction. So um, she is big on Marriott and I mm-hmm. just like cannot get on the Marriott train right now. We're, <laughs> we're in the Hyatt phase right now and oh, we're yeah. really working on that. So for her to always have like um, her Marriott card and earning points there where our closest hotel or closest airline to our family unit is an Allegiant hub. So always maximizing her Allegiant or her Southwest Airlines. So that kind of mindset was something that was really instilled to me in a young age of being able to, you have a credit card, you pay it off every single month. And in return, you're able to redeem those points for different trips. So our family unit along like that, I my nuclear family that I grew up in is not close to any of our extended family. So we had to travel in order to see them. So being able to just on their regular budget that they had, raising two daughters and being able to use those points and miles to be able to go visit our extended family or for my mom to go visit her family, like that's why she did it. And now with our family being close, we're able to use it for just vacations that the four of us are able to take to new new places that we've never experienced before. That's a really good point you bring up about the points and miles enabling you to do things like being close to family. It's not all about taking these extravagant trips or flights and everything. It can be. It can be both, though. You know, if you just want to maximize your points and miles to be able to see your family more often or just to shave some of that money, some of that cost off of the trips that you would be taking domestically, even the ones that aren't super exciting, just things that you need to do, you know, to have a, to live your happy life. Um, that's, that's really important as well. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions or one of the things that like I see all the time in this industry is a mm-hmm. lot of people of like business class and taking all these extravagant places and the Maldives is the bucket list of all bucket lists. And I mean, we're a family of a single income under five, like with kids under five, that's not a reality for us right now. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like we are embracing that right now and we're thankful for that. And it's, it's such a blessing that just the model of being able to do this is so replicatable, but there's no like hierarchy of like, you've made it. If you've done this, it could just be like, you were able to pay for you to go visit your daughter or son in college. And you didn't have to pay additional for that. Like your flights were covered. Um, Even small things like that, I feel like are such a win because that is in turn putting more money back in your budget that you can use for saving or investing in the future. So how did you go from, so you have kids under five. So this is Within the past couple years, you've gone from traveling as a couple to traveling with kids. So what was your what did your travel look like before and what did it look like after? Absolutely. So when my husband and I first got married, we were he was in college and we were just scraping pennies just to try to afford anything. And I remember mm-hmm. we uh Probably about six months after we got married, we traveled to Cancun in Merida, Mexico with another couple friend of ours. And I remember us being like, we did it. We paid for this in cash. We went like while he was in college through Southwest, like we just did it. We bought the Airbnbs. We bought the cheap hotels. And we're like, wow, this is a piece of cake. Um, You have another person that you're splitting all these expenses with. So it made things a lot easier. And our travel back then was really to visit other family members. So my husband has family out in Pennsylvania that we went and visited, but we never really did a lot of travel, just the two of us, um, until we actually started having kids. Because again, our extended family living far away, we we were the first to have the grand great grandbaby on either side. So we wow. needed to make sure that they were able to see these new great grandbabies. So mm-hmm. I remember traveling over to 
the Las Vegas area with a six week old because again, wow. this was such a big deal for our family. And yes, it's easier, like you easier because you don't have to think about it. We do a lot of adults only vacations now and it always feels like you're missing something, like something just doesn't seem right. You're packing less stuff. Um, however, I think we find so much more fulfillment in actually traveling with our kids and seeing them and seeing the experience through their eyes is more fulfilling to us. And that's why we're going to do more of those and still stick to our one adult only vacation a year. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Have, like, you know, they're the whole the whole point is to have these experiences and so why would you not want to have these experiences with your kids so absolutely is is there what would you say your travel style is with either when you're traveling with your kids or without your kids and if there's a difference between the two um how does it all work for you guys yes so right now we're currently in the process of planning a trip for Hawaii in the next couple months. This is our mm -hmm. first like big trip that we're really working on and we're really excited about it. Um, there's a few non-negotiables that we're going to do with this one that if it was just my husband and I, we probably wouldn't have done. This one, we are absolutely looking at flight plans that are going to be most conducive to our kids. So that means we're going to stay the night in a hotel closer to our airport, our Southwest Hub airport, and then fly out early in the morning. If it was just my husband and I, we probably would have just driven down that morning, waking up at like three o'clock in the morning to drive down and to fly out as early as possible. We just that's not a sac that's not a sacrifice we're willing to take with our kids especially when you factor in traveling to Hawaii is a really long from a lot long way from the Midwest um so we're going to look at what is going to be most conducive for our kids flight wise and then the other thing that we're going to look at for our kids is what is going to be hotel wise what is going to serve them the best so in this season we're we're in a lot of Hyatt houses and a lot of Hyatt places because of that free <laughs> breakfast so we want to maximize yeah. our budget there and that's okay but when it's my husband and I we're going to stay at the nicer hotels or the hotels that are closer to the actual place that we want to be in um, because we want to be able to maximize um, the time that we have together. We want to splurge a little bit and maybe have spend a little bit more points on staying at nicer resorts because we will stay at the resort more and just like have chill time rather than our kids who just want to go, go, go and explore different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at that point, if they're, if you're trying to go, do different activities with them you don't really care about you don't have to say about the highest quality hotel ever it's probably more important yes it's not like you need to go to one of those hyatts and get the fancy breakfast and everything when they probably don't really care how they just want their food yes that is very true we just got back from a little overnight staycation at the hyatt regency in milwaukee which is about mm -hmm. two hours away from us and we had a club access award that we were gifted and being able to experience that and looking at the breakfast would have been $18 a person for our whole family to eat, like for each of our kids and us. I was like, this would have been over $100 for us to eat breakfast. And this is like, not high quality breakfast at all so like being able to embrace like yes we um we had a club access award that gifted us this free breakfast um just in the way that their club lounge worked and we were grateful for that but it's like there's no way we would have spent a hundred dollars on breakfast for our kids when we are normally the pack our own breakfast or go grocery shopping to stock the fridge type of thing so being able to actually have things like that really help us to be like oh yes we could stay at a place that has a club lounge or a place that's going to make have us cost a little bit more points if we know that we're going to get x y and z on the back end in return yeah so in addition to the 
that kind of strategy of, oh, we're going to stay at this kind of hotel because we get free breakfast. What are some other tips that you have for for families traveling with young kids? Just simple little tweaks that you can make or maybe things you can pack to just make it a little more easy for you guys. Yes, I love this question. I was just writing down some of these things um, to share with my audience later this week. Um, one of the things that really was a game changer for us, and again, we have flown multiple times a year with both of our kids, and one or both of them throughout the years. And one, it's all, it is extremely helpful if you have more than just one person. So I have not traveled like by myself with my child. Um, that's not something I'm mentally prepared for quite yet. Maybe yeah. now that they're a little bit older, um, but I never did that as young. So anytime you can have grandparents, a spouse, um, my sister, my mom would travel with me often to have multiple hands to kind of like lessen that load or pass the baby or the toddler off to someone else is great. Mm -hmm. um, the nice thing with airlines is that they fly free under the age of two. So oh, yeah. that has, that was a huge thing that we maximized when my my youngest daughter before she turned two we made sure we traveled a lot because we knew we were never going to get to a point where we were paying for three tickets instead of four and now we have companion pass so that's a little bit of a different story and so we really wanted to maximize how much we were traveling and so anytime you can take trips with a a, a under two-year-old definitely do it squeeze it in right before their second birthday that's what we did um before she turned two just to make sure that you're able to not have to pay for another plane ticket mm -hmm. um because you're never going to be able to get you won't be able to get that back with her based on or their your child based on their age um the other thing is making sure you're packing things that don't make noise. Oh. Um, I get overstimulated very easily, like being on an airplane in general. Mm -hmm. um, but being able to have toys that have noise is interrupting other people on the plane, too. So I never mm -hmm. want to be a hindrance to anyone else's on their plane. I already feel bad enough if my child is crying. Like, <laughs> that's already going to be a given. Um, but having toys with noise is something that I just can't do. Um, the other thing that I find keeps my sanity and actually helps my kids stay more engaged when we're on plane trips or on shorter road trips is I pack bags of activities and each of these bags are going to be different. So um, recently we flew out of uh, Chicago Midway, which is a little bit further of an airport for us. It's about a three and a half hour drive. And I had a separate bag of activities for that car ride. Now they were going to be activities that were specific for that car ride. So we had a baking sheet with magnetiles on it, just the magnetiles we had at our house on a dollar store baking sheet, and they were able to make things. Oh, that's so that's fun. not super easy to bring on a plane. Yeah. Yes, they loved it. It's not super easy to bring that on a plane, but to be able to keep that in the car was something that was really nice to be able to have. We had never done that before, so it was a nice surprise for them. And then I had another activity bag for our flight there and then in my checked carry-on because we fly southwest mainly so we get our free checked bags on the way back I had a separate activity bag for new activities for on the way home because we try not to do as much tablet time mm -hmm. or watching movies um, we try to limit that as much as possible granted I it's totally fine however parents want to do it that's just something our kids operate best without it um that being able to have a pack of new activities for on the way there, I'm pulling it out every once in a while. Once they start to get bored, it keeps their attention and keeps them in, in, engaged and entertained and them wanting to be able to do it. And these activities, we're talking like coloring books. We're talking our doodle pads. We're um, 
Play-Doh has been a big one for us. We're big into Legos right now with our kids. So even bigger types of Legos we keep. Um, and these are things that I'm actually collecting all throughout the year. So anytime a holiday happens or things start to go on clearance or I find good deals on things, I just have a bucket in my basement that I'm just loading all these things in. I know we're going to be traveling often. And I know we're going to be traveling throughout the year. So anytime I can just find those cheap things at Target, cheap things at Walmart, whatever it is, throwing them into the bin, and then I just have them. So when I'm packing for a trip, I'm just going to go down to my bin. I'm going to stuff a little drawstring bag of activities for us for on the way there, stuff a little drawstring bag for activities on the way home, and it's new to my kids, so they're actively engaged. And I didn't feel like I was having to shell out an extra $50 just on activities for my kids when really I just spread it out throughout the whole entire year and just constantly adding things to it. So those would be like airplane and like traveling things of different toys and trinkets and tips of like how to really like make that whole time peaceful before you actually get to your destination. Yeah, that's really good. Not only is it a good just sanity hack for you, but it's also a good budget hack and something for how you can, you know, not like less than that. It's not like you're spending a bunch of money on these toys. These aren't crazy toys, but they sound pretty entertaining to me. Like they sound like things that I would, I'd be like, that sounds, I'd probably like take it and be like, Hey, I want to play with this, with this pan and yes. like put the magnets on it and everything. So. Yes. We absolutely love it. That's the fun thing about yeah. it too. Is there, have you found that there's certain airlines that are more conducive to, to have it with young kids? Like they're more accommodating than others? So we love, so again, our two big airlines that we typically fly are going to be Allegiant if we're doing quick nonstop weekend mm -hmm. trips, or we're going to do Southwest if we're going to do a little bit longer. Um, I love both of them. Um, I will say we did fly United as like one of my mishaps that I did for booking a flight once. And my kids love the fact that there was a TV <laughs> on the screen, like on the back of the seat. They could not get over how exciting that was. And now it's just a letdown every time we get on a plane that they don't have a TV yeah. on the back of the headrest. So um, that's a bummer there. But um, we have really found with both Allegiant and Southwest, both of them to be very conducive for kids, um, especially with the fact that with kids, you can bring on stroller, you can bring you can check strollers, you can check car seats. Um, you're able to have them have a bag to themselves. Or if you, if the child is under two, mom can have a diaper bag or a nursing bag, depending on if their kid is with them or not. So that was always helpful for us, especially um, as a nursing mom, or I was a pumping mom if I was away from my kid, being able to like hide more stuff into those bags to be able to not have to pay for baggage fees, especially mm -hmm. with Allegiant, um, was something that we did all the time. And then the other hack that we do for maximizing like suitcase yeah. stuff is anytime we we invest in the like the luggage bags for our stroller and our car seats and then you can stuff a lot of loose things into those car seat bags into those stroller bags oh. so lots of diapers or blankets we're stuffing into those because they fly for free and then if i don't have to then pay for check baggage or even a carry-on baggage these days that's going to save ourselves money in the end so make sure you pack that before you get to the airport make sure you get all that stuffed otherwise they're gonna be mad at you until you can't do that if you're doing it in front of them so that's something that we often just to try to you know weasel our way around some of those fees so are you able to when you're doing the budget airlines like Allegiant are you able to just get away with just a personal item if you do have that diaper bag and all those and all those different accessories like with the stroller absolutely I Allegiant I have never paid for a check bag wow. ever um, we only ever fly with a personal item pride and true to my Vera Bradley like weekender yeah. bag that I've had for decades that you just pack it to the brim. And we've gotten to the point now where um, 
I will like have my backpack on and then I just throw it above. I don't need anything in it anymore, so I'll take out my like side bag. I'll stuff I'll stuff my side bag into my the personal <laughs> item and then I will throw my personal item up above by where the carry-ons are because the steward, flight attendants don't yeah. know whether or not I paid. They're not checking my ticket. So I'm throwing it above and I have my thing that I'm going to need for the flight just with me. And I just call it a day. So um, the last flight I took for them, for budget airlines specifically, um, it did not fit under the seat. So I just threw it above. Yeah. And I just didn't care at that point. <laughs> yeah. As long as they don't, I guess, well, with the diaper bag, they're not going to say, oh, it's, it doesn't fit within the envelope, right? Because they don't, they can't say that, right? Correct. No, they they would make a they make accommodations for you because they see like okay you're a mom you have a nursing bag or you have a diaper bag they're gonna make accommodations for you um, which is a blessing and you're going to take advantage of that as much as yeah, you can. Yeah, I mean you deserve it for all <laughs> everything you're doing. You know, it's like yes. yeah, it's I, so I whenever I fly budget airlines I try to my best to only have a personal item and I do these you know I'll take my I'll take a rain jacket and I'm stuffing toiletries in my rain jacket pockets then I tie it around my waist and I do all these crazy things and then like I get to my seat Absolutely. and then I just kind of unload like I start to I'm like okay this is going under this is going above because they yeah they can't really say anything I think if they notice you doing it they might be like oh that's supposed to be or if there's mm -hmm. if they're usually there's not limited overhead space because most people didn't want to pay for a bag so they checked one cuz it's usually cheaper Exactly so. Yes, that's absolutely what we do. My mom always does this. She grabs just one of the tiny or just a regular size uh, reusable shopping bags and always throws it in her bag with her. So then when she's walking onto the plane, she has a reusable shopping bag with her bag and they don't say anything because they just assume you bought something at the airport and you threw it in a reusable shopping bag. So we always just make sure we stuff extra things in there too and kind of jimmy rig it under the seat or, you know, throw your personal item above and carry on too. Yeah. So Southwest though, is like probably even better because you can just have all those check bags if you if you want them and not have to worry about that yes that's one of the biggest things that why we fly southwest is because we're able to check as much bags as possible so um with our hawaii trip coming up hawaii food is going to be mm -hmm. expensive so we already know that going in that that's a big budget line for us but one of the ways that we're actually helping to maximize that was we're packing a lot of food so we're probably going to have half of a suitcase just packed with food snacky food, a quick breakfast or lunch things that I know that my kids are going to eat. So that way, Hawaii has different food mm -hmm. and my husband and I have never been there. We're not really sure what to expect. So at least having some like higher protein snacks that I know that my kids are going to eat to at least help them feel full in case they don't like anything on the actual island. Granted, we know we can find some things, but authentic Hawaiian food probably <laughs> might not be great for a three and five year old. So that's why we love Southwest for that reason is because we're able to take a suitcase with load it up with all the food not feel like it's we're having to pay luggage to bring food which sounds kind of weird um the other thing with southwest that well especially for kids under five is um yes you get free checked bags with uh southwest but one of the things that we've actually been doing recently on trips is renting baby equipment oh. in the destination that we actually go to so when my family when we went to disney world a couple of years ago we did not want to bring our giant stroller with us our double stroller um, we were staying in Anna Maria Island. We didn't want to transport that over to Orlando to then bring it down. And so we actually rented from a company called Kingdom Strollers and they delivered it right to our Airbnb that we were staying at. We were able to use it for a full day at Magic Kingdom and then return it back the next day. And it was probably a $500 stroller that 
I didn't yeah. need it at my house and I wasn't willing to bring, but we were able to borrow it for a day when you are walking all day at Magic Kingdom. You're with, you have your kids in your stroller. You wanted to make sure it's stocked to the brim with all the different things you would need for a Disney trip. But being able to just rent it, I think it was less oh, than $100 okay. for like five days to be able yeah. to rent it. Um, that was so much easier than actually having to worry about a um, a stroller mm-hmm. through the airport and checking the stroller and waiting at baggage claim for all the different pieces for it and hoping it didn't break and all those different things. So now like stroller wise, that's something we do. Or if we are knowing we might need a rental car renting, uh, and again, uh, people's philosophy varies on this. Um, I'm a little bit more lenient on it is renting car seats or making sure we have transportation Mm -hmm. that has car seats because car seats for young kids are very, very big and very, very bulky. And they take up a lot of space, take up a lot of space in cars, just take up a lot of space in luggage wise. And how are you supposed to carry all of it with your, with your children in tow? Um, So we try our best not to take our car seats as much as possible and just look for other transportation methods that have car seats or have them for us to be able to rent or have, um, yeah, different transportations that we're able to use it. So that way we're not actually having to take as much because we're wanting to pack as simply as possible rather than feeling like you're bringing absolutely everything that you own to another place where it's not feeling like it's as easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great tip. I mean, cause you are, I mean, it is extra money that you're spending, but that is a convenience fee for all that headache, getting rid of all the waiting and all the lugging around. So I think it makes a lot of sense for people. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't realize you could do that. So really good tip. (laughs) Is there any, um, is, do you have any, other tips about Disney specifically, different kind of budget hacks with Disney or especially with kids under five? Yeah, absolutely. So um, with Disney, so Disney World or Disneyland, um, kids get in free for park admission if they're three-year-old, if they're under the age of three. So if your kid is turning three during the time that you're going to be there, um, they're still count as a two-year-old. So I know for us, we maximize that as much as we can. Like looking back, I wish we would have gone more just in order to um, try to get as many kids as free. Because I looked up Disney World tickets for our family today, and it's almost two thousand oh dollars for gosh. a week when before it was fifteen hundred dollars. So I'm like, okay, yeah. here we go. This is a little different. So one of the things that we're doing um, right now, we're going to be staying at the Disney Resort Alani when we are in um, Oahu, when we are on the island of Oahu in April, and we are actually. I'm going to be buying Disney gift cards. So um, we're going to be buying Disney gift cards that get us a good return back on points and then being able to use those points for future vacations and future hotels. So it's not you're saving money, but you know in the long run you're going to be earning a really good amount of points to be able to use for future things. So um, that's something that we definitely love. And then we're also taking advantage of a 25% off discount. So that's huge for our family, especially for Alani is not cheap in the slightest. It's one of the most expensive Disney resorts that you can stay at. Um, So being able to have a 25% off, plus they're offering a $150 resort credit, it made sense for our family to be able to bite the bullet and be able to do that. So anytime you're looking at Disney World, Disneyland or Alani or any of the international looking for different promotions that they have available seeing which ones are going to work for your family and which ones maybe aren't going to work for your family um and being able to utilize that um with us looking at disney world possibly in 2025 one of the things i'm going to be looking at as we get closer is conference tickets so anytime there are conferences that are going to be happening in the orlando area most of the time those conferences are going to offer discounts to the um 
area attractions. So whether it's going to be Universal or Disney World, and you can actually purchase through their conference link and they're going to have discounts on tickets. And it might not be like a straight discount, but it could be uh, instead of buying the same price for like a one day ticket for one park, it would be the same price if you did a hopper plus an add on for the water park. So depending on how your family wants to structure their Disney vacation, that could be a really great way to be able to save money or to maximize a shorter amount of time that you have. Or they do offer um, some of the conferences that I've been peeking at offer like mm-hmm. twilight hours so you'd be able to get park admission after 4 p.m. which is really great because if you know that your family's going to stay up late and you just want to maximize 4 p.m. to close absolutely go ahead and do that um, so those are a couple different things like when it comes to maximizing tickets is looking for discounts checking to see if there are any conference tickets available and being able to utilize those Disney gift cards either to earn you maximal maximum points or to be able to buy them at a discount through like a Target or a Sam's Club yeah, or a Costco. Yeah, I think that makes sense. If you if you can't save money on something, you might as well earn as many points on it as you possibly can. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, okay, so the con- the conference, you don't need to actually be attending the conference. You just kind of scope out these conferences and then the link isn't going to ask you, oh, are you actually attending this conference? So how do you go about finding them? Correct. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to, I'm pretty sure the website is My Disney Group, and then you're going to search the month and the year that you're looking for. So this is really, it's just group mm-hmm. ticketing. So anytime you have a group, I think they're listed between six and eight or more, you can apply for group ticketing any, for any sort of event that you have. So lots of conferences do it. They work with an actual agent to be able to get those discounted tickets. But no, you don't need to be. Um, now, if you feel something in, like integrity-wise that you don't feel right about doing that, absolutely. But this is just something that Disney offers for discounted tickets if you have mm-hmm. a big enough group. So it's not like you're sneaky or stealing. If Again, you do whatever you feel most comfortable comfortable with, but this is just the discounted tickets and this is just the avenue that you're going to get those discount tickets. So no, you don't need to attend the conference. You don't need to do anything like that. You're just using their group number in order to get yeah, your tickets. Yeah, it's just like you're buying in bulk. It's like you're going to, to Costco or Sam's Club or something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If you had one tip you wanted to give to someone who you know, they have a young family and they're just overwhelmed and don't think that travel is possible for them because there's just so much stress that can go into it. What would be your number one tip for them? Absolutely. Know that that's totally normal and that uh, vacation with kids is really just parenting in a different location. So we got to keep that in mind. We have to keep realistic expectations. And then the best thing that I have seen recommended is just test it out. So don't feel like you need to book Mexico right away or do a full Disney World trip. Um, That was a big reason why we did this local stay to us is because we needed to test how well my family does in a single hotel room. We haven't done that in years and we just tested we spent some points tested it out and it worked great and whatever that looks like for you to just test it out just try it out maybe there is a local hotel that you've really wanted to check out or just a smaller destination spot that you wanted to maybe drive to or a shorter flight to go to test that out first to see what you think, to see what you like, to see how your kids adapt to it. And just know that you can go with the flow for all of this. this and just take it in bites and pieces and just really listen to your kids, see how they're doing, take breaks. Um, this doesn't need to be like, okay, I've made a decision. I'm going to do this. We're going to book an overseas trip for six months from now. If you feel like that's not attainable, then 
back it up a little bit and see what you think you can do, what would be attainable for you guys. Try it out. And then maybe in a year from now, your kids are going to be older. So it's going to be a little bit easier that then you could take a bigger trip. So test it out with smaller ones and then to prepare yourself for the bigger ones. Oh, that's great advice. I think that's always even in any aspect of travel, you know, even if you're not even not even with family travel, just travel in general. If there's something that you're overwhelmed with, just testing it out and doing small baby steps to do it can really make it less overwhelming, especially with points and miles. If you, you know, you're afraid to book some crazy flight halfway across the world, maybe just try doing an award booking that's for a short flight that you were and see how it works. And then you'll know, Mm -hmm. you'll feel more comfortable and confident when you actually do the bigger things. Yes. Thank you so much, Carrie. We're really excited to have you in the Bougie in a Backpack Virtual Travel Summit and learning how to make family travel simple with kids under five. If people want to find you on the internet, where can we find you? Yeah, so I have an Instagram page dedicated to all of this. You can find it at TravelHackFamVK on Instagram. My personal Instagram is my first and last name, so at Carrie Vaco. And then my husband and I do have a podcast together called Couples Becoming Intentional. So if you want to listen more about our travel adventures and then just how you can be intentional in the relationships that you have in your life, you can go ahead and listen. Well, thank you so much. And don't forget to... Grab your ticket for the Bougie and Backpack Virtual Travel Summit. If you're listening to this after the summit, you can still get the replays. They are still available. We'll have those available in our show notes so that you can watch this presentation and get all the information from Carrie on how to travel with kids under five. So if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please leave a five-star rating and a written review, that really helps us. We really appreciate it. And we will see you next week. 